this morning, by the special grace of God, I'll be speaking on a subject that I realize that day by day, month by month, year by year, that as Christians, we unfortunately continue to struggle with. Um, it is a subject where today we may get it right, but then tomorrow we have a challenge. And that is about doing the will of God. Doing what? Doing what? Yeah, we need to first of all understand specifically what we are talking about. And so I'm going to take time to try to explain as slowly as I can and as God gives me the grace. Because when you are within the will of God, then you are sure that the end will be right. When you are within the will of God, you are sure that God will lead you in the right path and that you can't be wrong. When you are within the will of God, you are sure that it doesn't matter what comes your way, God will find a way out for you out of any circumstance that you may be. And so you will find that in your scripture, which is the word of God that you have, there are quite a number of places where the word, the will of God comes in. For example, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy will be done on earth. Now, if, it, if the will of God is going to be done on earth, then you have to remember that me and you live on earth. And so because we live on earth, it is when we do the will of God here that we showcase what God wants for us here. And so please, I want you to take time, and I'm believing God that I'll be able to finish the message, because it is one of those messages that there's always so much to say, but I'm believing God that the little that we have that as you hear it, that the Lord will multiply in your heart, that you're pressing questions, that the Lord will answer them in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning because you are faithful in all things. Thank you because you are faithful from generation to generation. Thank you because yesterday you are the same. Today you are the same. Forever you will be the same. Thank you because your will concerning us is sure. Thank you because your will concerning us is for good. Father, glory be to your holy name. This morning we pray that as we share these few words, that God, that you will bring entrance into the lives of your children in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the entrance of your word brings light. Lord, shine light upon their dark places. I pray, God Almighty, that you use me as your ready, as your ready orator, O God, that I will speak the mind of God and not anything else in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. And so when you go through your scripture, you notice that there are two major places that most Christians remember the will of God. One of it is the one that I already told you where the Bible says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second one is when Jesus was praying, which is about the most common one, where Jesus said, Not my will, but yours be done. And so I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 12. 
Matthew chapter 12, because one of the interesting things about the will of God is that knowing the will is the first step. Knowing the will of God by itself does not profit a man. I'll say that again. Knowing the will of God by itself does not profit a man. It is in doing the will of God that the man profits. Amen? And so a lot of, I will try to use quite a number of examples. If you are a parent, a father, a, a, a father, a mother, and your child knows that your will for him or her is to do well in school, knowing that makes no difference. It is when the day of reckoning comes and the result is sent home, then you know if that guy or that child has done your will or not. So let's read Matthew chapter 12. It's just a very interesting discussion here. The Bible says in verse 46 that as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. And somebody told Jesus and said, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. But Jesus asked, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his disciples and he said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. He says, relationship per se may not count. What counts is the action that follows the knowledge that we have. Now, day by day, either you like it or not, we accumulate knowledge day by day. Every day we have knowledge about what we should eat, but then we still don't eat it. Day by day we have knowledge about what we should do, but then we still don't do it. Day by day we have knowledge about what we shouldn't do, but yet we keep doing it. And so basically, knowing the will of God, like I said in the beginning, is not so much about the knowing the knowing is good. It is the first step. When you know, the Bible says that do not be hearers of the word only, but what? And the Bible finishes it by one sentence. It said, otherwise you what? You deceive yourselves. Knowledge without action, according to scripture, is deceit. When you know something, in fact, at a point, the Bible says that to him that knows what to do, but he does it not, the Bible says to him it is what? It is sin. I remember in one examination that I did, you know, when you do an exam and you go through and you know the answer, but for some reason I didn't have enough time to finish. And so one of the questions was left blank. And I tried to convince the, the teacher that I knew the answer. I didn't have time to write it. 
Have you tried to convince a teacher before that, sir, that question wasn't difficult, I knew it. But I did not have enough time to write it. And the teacher said, it is assumed that if you did not write it, you did not know it. And so, when God is looking at who understands his will, God is looking at the people that are doing the will of God. I want to put one or two things out there immediately. Number one, we are not talking about your own will here. We will come to that your own will here. We will come to that if God allows. There is something about your own will. Even the Bible says it. It says, if you ask me whatsoever you will, it says I will answer. So there is your own will and there is the will of God. There is the will of others around you where others want you to do certain things. There is the will of your parents. Some of us from a particular background will understand that. Isaac will understand that because Isaac had to marry somebody that was the will of his father. So we understand all of that. And so you then ask yourself, what exactly is the benefit of God's will? What exactly is the benefit of doing God's will? I will run through them. There are many. I will just run through the few I wrote. Number one, the will of God will admonish you. That's the first thing. The will of God always admonishes. I listed them in alphabetical order. Not necessarily in any other, any other order, but in alphabetical order. Number two, the will of God will guide you. I'll give examples as we are going along. The will of God will guide you. Number three, knowing the will of God influences your actions. Remember I said, when you know it, you have to do it. So knowing the will of God influences your actions. Number four, knowing the will of God and doing it brings protection. I'll give you a very sad story about a man that knew the will of God, but yet he didn't do it. And he met with disaster. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Number five, the will of God brings reassurance. One of the things that I've learned about knowing the will of God is that when you know the will of God and somebody is trying to tell you something that is not the will of God, you know. That is one of the gimmicks of false teachers. They come in the guise of the will of God. But when you yourself already know, then the only thing that can happen is that they can confirm what you know. Number six, the will of God teaches. It teaches. It teaches us what to do. And the will of God stands as a warning if there's danger ahead. The seven things. It admonishes, it guides, it influences, it protects, it reassures, it teaches, and it wants. Seven things. That is not an exhaustive list by any means. They're just the seven that I put together. Now, one of the things then about the will of God is it is not a mystery. Because a lot of people say, I want to find the will of God. The will of God is not lost. The will of God is always there and the will of God does not change about the particular circumstance. Let me, mention, let me say one thing about that. The character of God is fixed. 
God is faithful. That will never change. God is love. That will never change. Right? God is a consuming fire. That will never change. God is the creator of the world. That will never change. So the character of God is fixed. The principles of God, because his characters are fixed, then does not depend on who God is dealing with. So either God is dealing with the Jew, the Gentile, the small, the young, the old, the principles are the same. So because of that, you will find that the will of God concerning a matter is based on his principles and it doesn't change. Occasionally, we want God to change his principles to suit our own requirements. Are we together? Now, the danger of that is that then you fall out of those seven things that I listed. Because anything that is outside the will of God, then you are your own. Whatever God does not call for is not bound. Let me say that again. He is not bound to show up. Are we together? I'll give you one example. God says go right. You decide to go left. Whatever you meet on the left side, God is not bound. It is only the mercy of God at that point that God can say because he's my child I do not want my child to bring shame let us be merciful to him but if you go right then you can hold God to his word now the challenge is this we are holding God to God's word when we are in complete opposite of what God called for let me, let me explain that. When God has shown us what to do, we decide that because it doesn't look nice, because it doesn't look good, because we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, we go the other way, and then we ask God why God is not showing up where God has said he's not going to go. Because of those things, I will mention few things and few ways that men can actually get to know the will of God. Like I said, it's not a mystery. It is something that is there every day. God was so good that he gave us a book. That book is called the Bible. The Bible is the word of God spoken and documented which is alive and is still speaking to you today. The Bible is the very first conduit which God speaks. You can write that down. It's the very first way that God speaks. And majority of the times, whatever God has written in his book, it will not repeat again. Let me say that again. Whatever God has written in his book, it won't repeat again. It is only by special grace that he will. I'll just give you an example. There are so many guidelines in scripture about 
marriage. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. That is the common one that we quote. The Bible says, can two work together except they agree? We quote that. The Bible says that two are better than one. We quote that. And so we know exactly what the Bible says about marriage. Then, you find that you want to marry, and the person you want to marry does not fit the criteria of what the Bible says you should marry. Thank God for Christians. You say, I'm believing God that when we marry, he or she will change. Do we see that at all? Good. Thank God we don't see that at all. Now, when you then marry the person, then day in, day out, day out, you are crying to God for a problem that you knew before be what you walked into. Are we together? And then you then ask God that God, why are you not answering? But God already answered you 10 years before. So that is why I said, whatever God has written in scripture, majority of the time, there are exceptions to the rule, but majority of the time, God will not speak about it again. So the first way you find the will of God in order to be able to do it is in the word of God. The Bible says, for example, that man shall not live by what? By bread alone. Is that the will of God or not? It is. It says, but by every word that comes from what? The mouth of God. The words that came from the mouth of God, they are documented in your Bible. They are documented in my Bible. The Bible says, and some scholars believe this, when, the, when Jesus Christ says, give us this day our daily bread, some scholars believe that part of that prayer means give us the wisdom for every day. It's not just bread for food. Because if the same Bible says man does not live by bread alone, and God is only providing bread day by day, then very soon you'll be fat and flourishing. <laughs> Amen? But if you want to be fat and flourishing spiritually, then you need to eat the bread that comes from heaven. And so, when you understand that, then you know that the Bible says that God does not want the death of a sinner. So we know that God wants to save all men. When the Bible says unto Isaac, Isaac, do not go to Egypt. Was that the will of God or not? It was. Even though there was famine in the land, God says, no, I know the end from the beginning. Stay here. And the Bible says he stayed. Brethren, whenever you stay where God wants you to stay, it doesn't matter what is happening in the environment. God has told you to stay, we make a way. Are we together? Look at his fathers. When they went to where God did not tell them to go, <laughs> they began to apply wisdom. Oh, who is that? Ah, is my, my sister. But is that the type two? That she bears now. Yes, she was your sister, so to say. But the title has changed. You know, in those days, some of you young people will remember that. In those days when 
God forbid, they are going where you shouldn't go, and they see you with a girl, or maybe you are going and two of your girlfriends meet. And they say, who is this? He says, it's my friend. <laughs> is that the right qualification? No, it is because you know that <laughs> if you say the other one, you, your head might fall from your neck. Second Kings chapter 4, the Bible says, when that woman came to Elisha, he said, ah, and God did not show me what was happening here. Elisha knew immediately that as far as God did not show him, it was not the will of God for that child to die. And so, so he said, no, not on my watch. This child must live. If it, was, if it was the will of God, he couldn't wake the child up. Because if it is the will of God, the child is dead, is dead, is dead. Was it the will of God that Christ should die? Yes. And that was why no matter what anybody would have done, nobody could have saved him from the cross. Because it was the will of God. I have so many other examples there. Psalm 119 verse 105, he says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and what? And a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 130, he says that the entrance of your word gives light. Matthew verse 26, uh, chapter 26, 24, he says, The man of God, uh, the son of God, go as we are written of him. It was the will of God that the Son of God should go like that. And then Acts chapter 9 verse 6. Apostle Paul. And this is a question that you can ask yourself all the time. Apostle Paul, he, he, he looks up. He sees that he has encountered God and he asks a question that I ask every day. What will you have me do? Simple. When you ask somebody what will you have me do, it's a very open-ended question. It is different from God, do you want me to go to A or God, do you want me to go to B? What do you what will you have me do means let me know your will for today. Are we together? When let me backtrack a little bit. Quite a number of us, it is not unusual that when we want to ask God things, we box God into a corner. I have seen two men, so I believe one of them must be my husband. So God, which of the two? But God is thinking, it's not even any of the two. And so you've been praying for seven months. You say, God is not answering. Because you are not writing, asking the right questions. Are we, are we still together? I remember in those days when I wanted to immigrate or emigrate, whatever language it is. There were some countries that were not on my list. Because some of you would think, uh, you know, when you want to emigrate, you don't pick countries where things are worse than where you are coming from. In fact, they will have to wash your head specially. Are you getting what I'm saying? So whenever you are thinking of immigration, all of us have certain countries in your mind. Oh, I will go to this one, that one, that one, that one. But then to tell you the truth, I told myself, anywhere else is better than where I am now. And so when I got a visa to go down south, uh, it didn't come as a surprise because I was open. 
But then I learned after some years, you know, when you read scripture, you can apply yourself. The Bible says he that ascended is he that first descended. I first went down south before I came up north. So I'm just like my master. <laughs> Amen. Number two, how else can you know the will of God? There's something called the inner witness. What did I call it? The inner witness is what some people call the hunch. Some other people call it the regenerated spirit that is picking things as it's going along. You know, a lot of times your spirit is not directly under your control. And so your spirit picks things in the atmosphere without you being aware. Because of time, I will give you just one example. Acts chapter 27. Acts 27, and I like the way it was put there in verse 9. Apostle Paul is saying, look, look, guys, I'm a prisoner, I know that. And we're supposed to be sailing out. He says, but I perceive in my spirit. He says, if I say it another way, you people won't understand. He says, but I perceive in my spirit that this journey is going to be of much odd. In fact, some people will die on this journey. The Bible says they did not listen to him. Brethren, there are a lot of times people may not be able to tell you how they perceived it, but they just perceive. Because their spirit picks what the will of God is. And then they perceive this is what God wants me to do. A lot of times to tell you the truth, you might not hear an audible voice. You might not see a bright light. It is your spirit that perceives. Not long ago, I was leaving my house in the morning. I have an automatic way I go every, every day. Every day. Without thinking. You just drive there because you are used to doing that, right? One of the days as I was, li- as I was leaving, my spirit just said, today, go the other way. I have learned over the years that when you have that kind of, you better go the other way. So I went the other way, and it was one of those days that I was getting late for work. Only for me to find out that my normal route, they had started digging the road, and so there was traffic congestion. <laughs> Sometimes when you get to work, and there are really people waiting for you at work, sometimes it's not a good thing. Because when you are the one walking inside now, and then they are welcoming you, when you should be the one welcoming them. Are we together? So when I said that knowing and doing the will of God, it helps you, even in little matters. So Apostle Paul told them there, he said, I perceive, meaning that my spirit has picked it up, that there's danger ahead. I'll give you a story. I will will touch on it when I talk about circumstances because circumstances also can let you know the will of God. Some years ago, in a particular country, for some reason, some of the leaders decided that in a particular military helicopter, there was a crash in that helicopter. And that crash claimed the lives of virtually all the top military officers. 
Some of you that come from that country know what I'm talking about. But then there was one man that was supposed to be on that flight that wasn't on the flight. And what happened to him? He got to the airport. And then suddenly, he remembered something. But then it's not every disappointment that is, that is bad. A lot of disappointments are what? Blessings. Suddenly he remembered. Ah! I forgot my Bible at the hotel. And he said, what do I do now? And he said, his spirit said, go back and pick it. And everybody said, you can buy a new one, you can buy a new one. He said, no, that one I've marked it. He said, my spirit says I should go and pick it. He went to pick it before he came back, the plane had left. That is why he's still alive till today. When your spirit picks something, don't ignore it. Number three. Number what? Three. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. The Bible says, as many as are what? Led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit can lead you. The Holy Spirit tells you what to do. The Holy Spirit tells you where to go. It tells you where not to go. Because it is the Spirit of God. It hovers upon the waters. And it knows where there is danger, where there is no danger. It knows where people will be receptive to you and where they will not. So the Spirit of God will lead you in certain things to do. How does the Spirit of God lead a man? One of the ways is that you will hear a still, small voice. That voice will never argue. That voice will never shout. That voice will only come like a suggestion. From my own experience, it is like a suggestion. Are you getting it? Let me tell you one truth. Any suggestion that comes out of the blue and it looks like it's taking you on a path that you didn't think of, learn to follow it. I'm assuming your spirit is right too. Uh huh. Because. <laughs> ah, because some of you, your antennas are so tuned to evil spirits. That when, when good spirits are talking, you can't hear. It's only when evil spirits are talking. <laughs> Amen? You hear from a still, small voice. Because of time, I'll go to the next one, number four. Now, this number four is the, one of the most controversial ones, and I lump them together. How do you hear, how do you know what the will of God is for you? I lump them together as three. Prophecies, visions, and dreams. It is the most controversial of them. It is one of those ones that by God's grace I can decide to take a whole sermon to talk about. Prophecies, visions, and dreams. Acts chapter 10 verse 3. The Bible says he had a vision and he saw an angel coming towards him and saying, Cornelius. That was the vision. The Bible says, Acts chapter 23 verse 11. That night the Lord appeared unto Paul and said, Be encouraged. Just as you have been a witness to me here, you will be a witness elsewhere. Now, let me say something. In the new dispensation, 
the office of the prophet is different from the office of the prophet that Elijah and Elisha stood in. Let me just start by saying that. In the new dispensation, the office of the prophet, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, 12 to 14, it says that the word of prophecy, when it is given, it is given to do three good things. Now, if you remember very well those three good things, those three good things are things that when you think about anybody that is prophesying to you, you must make sure that whatever prophecy that they are giving you fulfills those three things. If it fulfills those three things, then you can be sure. Number one, it strengthens your faith. It does what? It strengthens your weight. If you read the old Bible, it says edifies. It lifts your faith. It charges you. Number two, it encourages or exhorts, depending on the Bible that you are reading. And the word encourage means to put courage in somebody. It is like when you tell your child you can do it. It is like when you tell somebody that, no, 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 don't worry, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. It is when you stand at the end of a line when people are racing and you are clapping and you, and you show that you believe in them. That is the second thing that the word of comfort does, uh, that the word of prophecy does. The third thing is that it brings comfort. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because whatever God does, the enemy tries to copy. And so when people submit themselves to spirits that should not be in the guise that they are looking for the will of God, what they are getting most of the time is not. When I was a young boy, I went to a particular church. And this is why I know that even spirits, they can see other spirits. I was only 12. But I was the only born again in my house. And I remember in those days when I would go to church, there's a kind of church that you go in those days that there are some people that they'll be shaking their head and then they'll come to you. And then they'll say that God said, and as they're saying it, the language is a little bit different. But they're speaking the same language that you speak. They just speak it differently. And so I noticed that from the day I became born again, once they are coming, 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 coming like that, once they get close to me, they will just change. They just go elsewhere. I say, ah, this is what they know. But then I was always thrilled that every prophecy they had was a prophecy of doom. I remember once they came, not to me, somebody in my family. They said, somebody's going to bring rice today. That when they bring rice, there's going to be a black ring in the middle of the rice. That when you see that rice, don't eat it all. Then I thought to myself, then I was a little younger, I thought to myself, how will you get to the bottom of the rice if you don't eat the rice? <laughs> I know in those days, you eat rice, and you don't eat rice all the time. So somebody finally brings rice, and then you say, I shouldn't eat it? So God is my witness. I personally sat and waited for the rice. And then the rice didn't come. Then I challenged my father. I said, you see now, those people are false prophets. No rice came. I said, because they saw it, that God averted it. I said, then why did you tell me? 
so that I can continue living in fear. Any word of prophecy that brings fear is not the word of God. Any word of prophecy that doesn't bring solution is not the word of God. The word of God encourages, the word of God edifies, and the will of God is to bring you out of whatever predicament you are so that you can go forward. Are we together? That is why you will notice that that same passage, Acts chapter 27, Apostle Paul then said at the stage, the first time he said, I perceive. The second time he said, look. He said, last night when I slept, he said, the angel of the Lord appeared unto me. He said, the first time I was one that perceived that everything was going to go. He said, but now the angel of the Lord has made it clearer. He said, this ship and this cargo we will lose. He said, but all the men will remain alive. And then he said something. He said, and I believe God that it will be exactly as it was told to me. Apostle Paul so much believed God that he told the people that, you know what? Let's start celebrating. We've not eaten for 14 days because we have been so worried about this. The Bible says he himself, first of all, took the food. And then all the men were encouraged. And then they ate. Brethren, when you know what the will of God is saying, either by prophecy, by vision, or by dream, it brings peace of mind. Are we together? I will say it again. Any prophecy that puts you in more bondage than you were before the word is not from God. If you are a young lady and you go to that church I'm talking about, the only thing they see is unwanted pregnancy. That's the only prophecy they have. And then they will tell you that you should buy seven pineapples and about four oranges and then go to the stream and bathe there naked. As a young boy, I used to follow them there. And you see old women there bathing naked. And then you wonder, is this what God wants us to do? (laughs) But then be careful. The will of God is such that it must strengthen you. Let me put a word of warning here. My time is going. And the word of warning is that if you read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul was talking about fake apostles there and he said they are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. He said, but I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Let me end with this story because I won't have time to talk about prayer when it comes to the will of God, but let me end with this story. There's a a, a story in 2 Kings chapter 13. It's one of those stories that when you read, you cannot but sit down and say, God, may I never miss it. A young prophet, God sent the prophet to the king and he went and he delivered his message and I think in the process something happened to the king's hand and he prayed to God and and the hand was restored. And the king said, oh, why don't you stay and eat? And the prophet said, no, God has specifically told me that I mustn't eat 
here. I must go. Good. And so as he began to go, an old prophet asked his sons, where did that young prophet go? They said he went that way. So he quickly climbed his animals and ran after him. And then he said, ah, listen to this. That the same God that told you not to eat, he has told me now that you should eat. Are those two messages conflicting or not? Good. Then the Bible says, he followed him home. He ate. And then he went on his way. Remember I said, when you are within the will of God, you get protection. Good. Whenever you read that something mysterious and shameful happens to a child of God, you don't know where they are coming from. How can a prophet be turned about by a lion? A prophet, a child of God, how can a prophet, the messenger, the mouthpiece of God? The circle of protection was no longer there. Because God did not call for that way. But let me end by telling you what the old prophet said. The old prophet, not the young one, the old one, he now said, let me quickly find it here. It was actually quite interesting when I was reading it. First Kings chapter 13. He says in verse 24, when he was gone, the lion met him on the road and he killed him. Verse 26. Now when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. It's in your Bible. It is the man of God who was what? Disobedient to the word of God. Any prophecy, I will say it again. Any prophecy, any word, any encouragement that does not go in line with what God has told you, don't follow it. It doesn't matter who is telling you. When, if God is going to change what God told you, Better roll on the floor and say, God, speak to me yourself. Because when you listen, the Bible even says that for he lied to him. I don't know the reason why he lied. But he lied to him and then by himself he said later, it is the man of God that was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Brethren, the will of God is very simple to know. The will of God becomes clearer the more you do it. Because the will of God sometimes is given step by step. Are we together? Step by what? Step. Uh, I think Philip is a good example. He says, go, to the way, go on the way to Samaria. He went on the way to Samaria. As he was getting there, he said, now, this is why I brought you here. You see that guy going? Attach yourself to that chariot. He would never have known the chariot if he did not go to the way. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. What am I going to do on the way to Samaria? Brethren, stop questioning. Stop asking. Just do it. Let's bow down our heads.
Let's bow down our heads. You want to talk to God very briefly and very quickly because of time? The will of God is first that all men will be saved. Maybe you are here, maybe you are at home, you are not yet saved. You want to say, God, I want to stop walking out of your will. I, I want to come to you. I want to give my life to you. The will of God is that when you are saved, that you stay with God, that you be home. You say, God, I have walked away. God, I have gone on my own path. God, I have gone after other things. Without identifying yourself, just begin to talk to him and say, God, this morning I pray that every way that I have missed it, in everything that I have done wrong, Lord, I pray that today that I will keep back into your will. I pray that as I come that you will accept me. Brethren, as you pray that prayer, I want you to begin to pray. And say, Father, every way that I have missed your word, every way that I have missed your will, every way that I have gone my own way, every day that I have done my own will, the will of the world, I want you to first of all pray for mercy from the Lord. And say, God, I have found myself where I am today, not because that is where you want me to be, but because that is where I have chosen to be. Let's lift up our voice very briefly and pray and say, God, have mercy upon me. Maybe it is concerning your work. Maybe it's concerning your marriage. Maybe it's concerning your spiritual life. Whatever it is, just ask him for mercy. In the process, I want you then to begin to pray that, God, going forward, I don't want to miss your will again. That, Lord, open my eyes, oh God, open my ears. Let my spirit be able to receive. In the name of Jesus, pray for yourself. And say, God Almighty, as I receive your word concerning your will, as I receive it in visions, in dreams, in prophecy, as I receive your word, O God, Father, through the spoken word, through the written word, as I receive your word from an inner witness, as I receive your word being spoken by the Holy Ghost, Father, I pray from today I receive the grace to do it.